Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Rebecca Duke Barton, here with my co-pastor and husband, Garth. We're reading through the stories in the book of Daniel this July and considering the question of how we live as faithful followers of Jesus in a world that isn't following Jesus. I grew up watching the old TV show, The Munsters. In the show, the Munster family are all, well, monsters. The dad is Frankenstein's monster. The mom is from the Dracula family. They have a son who's a werewolf and their pet is a dragon. His name is Spot. And Grandpa Dracula lives with them too. Their niece Marilyn lives with them as well. And they're always concerned about Marilyn because she is so hideous. She has blonde hair, flawless skin. She's kind-hearted. In fact, she's the only member of the Munster family who is not a monster. She is, in other words, a normal 19-year-old. But in their world, normal isn't normal. We can get a really skewed picture of the world because we live in a broken world. If we want to follow Jesus, we are going to look different. Several modern authors call this living right side up in an upside down world. Isaiah asks the question, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? It's a question that's going to keep coming up. I want to follow Jesus. I want to live a right side up life. I want to sing the Lord's song even in a strange land. If you want to live that way too, join me as we read from Daniel chapter 5. King Belshazzar made a great festival for a thousand of his lords, and he was drinking wine in the presence of the thousand. Under the influence of the wine, Belshazzar commanded that they bring in the vessels of gold and silver that his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the vessels of gold and silver that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. They drank the wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and began writing on a plaster of the wall of the royal palace next to the lampstand. The king was watching as the hand, the hand as it wrote. Then the king's face turned pale, and his thoughts terrified him. His limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king cried aloud to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the diviners. And the king said to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever can read this writing and tell me its interpretation shall be clothed in purple, have a chain of gold around his neck, and rank third in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar became greatly terrified, and his face turned pale, and his lords were perplexed. The queen, when she heard the discussion of the king and his lords, came into the banqueting hall. The queen said, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts terrify you or your face grow pale. There is a man in your kingdom who is endowed with the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, he was found to have enlightenment, understanding, and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief to the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and diviners, because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, 
explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will give the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king said to Daniel, So you are Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you, that a spirit of the gods is in you, and an enlightenment, understanding, and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and tell me its interpretation, but they were not able to give the interpretation of the matter. But I've heard that you give interpretations and solve problems. Now if you are able to read the writing and tell me its interpretation, you'll be, you shall be clothed in purple, have a chain of gold around your neck, and rank third in the kingdom. We will pause here and return to verse 23 in a moment. May God add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Do you ever watch movies and see the special effects and think, how did they do that? How do they make those dinosaurs look so real? How do they make it look like that person is flying through the air? How do they make it when you search Barbie movie that pink sparkles cover your computer screen? But in the movies we say, ah, that's special effects. It's computer generated images. They've got a whole crew making it look like that. I don't know how a thousand guests at Belshazzar's party explained a hand appearing out of nowhere and writing words on the wall. But, I mean, they had that hand known as Thing in the TV show The Addams Family. But you always kind of knew that was somebody's hand and they were just hiding under the table. This hand at Belshazzar's feast was free-floating and it terrified Belshazzar. His face turned pale, his knees knocked. He couldn't understand the writing, and so he called his trusted, smartest advisors, and they couldn't read it either. If you've ever predicted something was going to happen and said, the handwriting is on the wall, this Bible story is where that expression comes from. We use it as a way of saying that something is clearly about to end or that something bad is about to happen. Remember what has happened so far in Daniel. The Babylonians took over Jerusalem, carted off anyone with any leadership and influence ability to Babylon, and took the treasures that were used in the temple for worship. It's one of the important plot points of the original Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, that the Ark of the Covenant was stolen out of Solomon's temple. Spielberg assumed that it was an Egyptian pharaoh, but plenty of other people think that it was taken by the Babylonians when they looted the temple. The temple treasures wound up in Babylon. Daniel and his three friends studied to be advisors to the king, and under King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel became known as an interpreter of dreams. Years have passed now. Daniel is older, and he seems to have retired from service to the king. A new ruler arises, and in Daniel 5, this new ruler, Belshazzar, is throwing a party. And when I say he threw a party, I mean a party. A thousand nobles invited all of the wine that they could drink and all of the food that they could eat and served that wine in the very goblets that had been used for worship in the temple of Jerusalem. They were dedicated for worship of the one true God, and the nobles were drinking out of them and praising the gods made of gold, silver, wood, and stone. 
Imagine how we would feel if someone took our communion cups and used them for any other purpose but to worship God and bring us closer to Christ. This is the upside down world that Daniel lived in. And the truth of the matter is that we still live in that world. The things that are supposed to be for worshiping the one true God are often distorted and used for other purposes. People use the name of Jesus to enrich themselves. People use the name of Jesus for political purposes. God gives us food to eat and we overindulge while some people go hungry and we turn a blind eye. God gave us wealth to care for our needs and to bless our neighbors, but we hoard that money. God made relations between a husband and a wife to bring us closer together so that we could truly know and be known, and we figured out how to twist that too. So many of God's good gifts are distorted, and rather than leading us to worship God, they lead us away to a way very different than God intended. No wonder Paul wrote in Romans that creation is groaning. Daniel spells out the problem for Belshazzar. This is verse 23 of chapter 5. You have exalted yourself against the Lord of heaven. The vessels of his temple have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines, have been drinking wine from them. You have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose power is your very breath, and to whom belong all your ways, you have not honored. Then Daniel turns to the handwriting on the wall. It's three Aramaic words, and although the Babylonians spoke Aramaic, there aren't vowels, and words tend to be written together in both Hebrew and Aramaic. And so they may not have been able to understand which words were meant. And even if they knew the words, many, Tekel and Parson, they wouldn't have known what was meant by them. Think about it. Those words mean number, way, and divide. If you saw number, way, divide, you might know it had something to do with measurement, but you'd be hard-pressed to know why a mysterious hand would write that on the wall. So Daniel explains it in verse 24. So from his presence, the hand was sent, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Many, many tekel parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Many, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Those were the words to Belshazzar. The handwriting was on the wall. He had not followed God and his kingdom and his life were coming to an end. For those of us following Jesus, we know that God is numbering the days of the upside-down world. He's weighing the actions that don't fit his plan and dividing the wheat from the chaff. That's what happened to Belshazzar, and that's what we know God is working on. But we still live here now. God has a purpose for us in this creation. In this upside-down world, how do we live right side up? Or as Isaiah puts it, how do we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Romans tells us that by his spirit, we are children of God. When we live in that knowledge, we don't live in fear. We recognize that the world is upside down, but we keep looking to Jesus and living out the calling of the children of God. We are called to love our neighbors and God is working through us to bless all the families of the earth. 
We are called to live lives of integrity. We're called to be the kind of people who see someone beaten on the road and stop to help. We're the kind of people who see someone who's hungry and give them food or thirsty and give them something to drink. I think about Daniel. Daniel had a reputation as a person of integrity and wisdom. The Queen Mother said that he had enlightenment, understanding, and wisdom. He was known as someone who could interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems. Even though Daniel had not been an advisor to this ruler, his reputation remained. When they needed to turn to someone for help, they remembered Daniel. The Queen Mother remembered that he had interpreted dreams before, and so she turned to him. That's the thing about living a Christ-like life. Eventually, people start to realize that they are living in an upside-down world. And who do they turn to? They turn to the Daniels. They turn to people with wisdom and understanding. They turn to people who recognize and discern where the world has gone astray. They turn to the people who are living in hope of a better world and a better kingdom that God is bringing about. Now, thinking about Daniel as the solver of mysteries, this might be a good place to mention that our Catholic friends have more stories about Daniel in their Bibles than Protestants or our Jewish friends do. We call the books that are in the Greek versions of the Old Testament the Apocrypha. Martin Luther kind of set them aside and called them hidden books. That's what Apocrypha means. So there are several stories about Daniel in the Apocrypha. There's a story about Susanna, who we learn is both beautiful and righteous. And it takes some detective work for Daniel to save her from two judges who falsely accuse her. In another story known as Bell and the Dragon, the priests of Bell have convinced everyone to bring food as a sacrifice to the God, and they claim that the God is eating the food. Daniel knows that the priests are actually eating the food, but the king believes that it's this idol. So Daniel comes up with a way to prove his point. They put the food in the room with Bell, and they are going to lock the door for the night and go away. Daniel makes sure he's the last one out, and he sprinkles flour on the floor. So in the night, the priests and their families come up through a secret door. The next morning, when they unlock the main door, do you know what's on the floor in the flower? The footprints of the priests. Daniel is the solver of puzzles. Now, of course, we Methodists don't believe that these stories have the same authority as the rest of Daniel. But just like we can read books by modern Christian authors that point the way to Jesus, these stories help point to God, too. The stories tell us something about Daniel's reputation for wisdom, honesty, and helping others. As we read these stories, I see how we're going to sing the Lord's song in a strange land. We're living in an upside-down world, and God is numbering the days and weighing the actions and dividing the wheat from the chaff. Romans 8 tells us that creation is groaning in labor pains. The handwriting is on the wall. But for Christians, the handwriting pretends something good. Creation itself will be set free and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We sing the Lord's song because we are filled with hope. We live right side up because we are children of God and joint heirs with Jesus. And holding on to that promise gives us so much hope in this upside down world. 
Now, of course, sometimes it will be hard. You might be like Marilyn in the Munsters. Other people think you're hideous because it's they who are distorted. But Paul says the suffering of the present age is not even comparable to the glory that is to come. And so God still calls us to be right side up. You be the person that God has called you to be. If somebody slaps you on your right cheek, you turn the other cheek. If someone speaks ill of you, you don't let it turn you into a gossip and you keep the root of bitterness from growing up in you. God holds our very breath and all our ways belong to him. And so we're called to honor God. The handwriting is on the wall, beloveds. Dare to be a Daniel. Will you pray with me? Lord, we cry out to you, Abba, Father. And we come before you knowing that you love us with an everlasting love. We are your children. We are heirs to the promise, joint heirs with Jesus. Lord, let us know who we are and whose we are in this world. Let us live as people who follow Jesus, people of integrity, people who care, people of hope. May it be so, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.